Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. It is Christ the King Sunday, and we'll hear together this exalting prayer of Jesus by Paul in Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 11. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power, and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience, while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his blessed Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. All things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross." Well, let's play dangerously this morning and talk politics. What do you say? I mean, why not? Our scripture goes there. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, that's political talk right there. This prayer of Paul for the people of Colossae is addressing a fundamental political issue, not just of that era, but every era which is who is in charge. Weren't you at least a little intrigued by the sermon title? (laughs) Besides, most of you will be visiting with family this week. You'll be seated at a large Thanksgiving table with family members you don't see eye to eye with politically. It is always the donkey or the elephant in the room. Will we avoid talking politics this year or not? Who's going to start the rumble this time? What TV news station do we turn on? Can we just sit here and wait for the Detroit Lions to play football so we don't have to talk about it again this year? So as I said, let's just start our discomfort early. Let's talk politics today. Who's in charge? It's the ultimate political question. In the first century Colossae, modern Turkey, they were asking this question too. 
The region was heavily influenced by Greek culture, and there was a strain in the culture of of, uh, Greek worship, Greek mythology, and the Greek god in charge was Zeus. The prevailing cultural position that was that God, that Zeus was the god above all gods. In his book, Greek Religion, Walter Burkhart points out that even the gods who are not his natural children address him as father, and all the gods rise in his presence. So for the Greeks, who were the cultural leaders of the day, Zeus was the king of the gods, the one who oversaw all the universe. If you ask them this political question, who is in charge? They will tell you Zeus, the god of thunder, the one who's known for his erotic adventures. And why not? Zeus is the god who represents power and control and conquest goes by a different name now, but there's a lot of Zeus followers still. You know that, right? The other contender for the center of political life at the time were angels. Paul actually mentions this this thing that's going on with the worship of angels in the next chapter. Let no one disqualify you in insisting on self-abasement and worship of angels. No kidding. Angel worship was a big compelling pull away from Christianity. It was a big problem in the region, and it's understandable because who wouldn't want to worship angels? They're beautiful. They make no demands. Angels are celebrities with easy answers and white teeth. Angels bring tidings of great joy. Angels are great. And angel worship can be so seductive. I can understand why you would want to worship angels. And you know, angel worship still goes on too, right? So the political question behind our scripture today, who is in charge? Is it Zeus? Should we worship power, control, erotic conquest? Is it angels? Should we worship celebrities with easy answers and no demands? And Paul is answering that question with this passage. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. Paul couldn't say that any more clearly, I don't think. And Jesus looks nothing like Zeus. Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, put children on his lap, forgave his enemies. This is clearly not Zeus. He looks nothing like the angels either. Jesus is the one who said, take up your cross and follow me. You still lack one thing, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. 
Jesus is not selling easy timeshare either. Jesus was born before Adam and all things were created through him and for him. But his kingdom is not from here. And his kingdom is an upside down idea of power where the first are the last, where lion and lamb lie down together. His kingdom celebrates mangers and widows and mustard seeds. The place where Jesus is king has an upside down idea about power. And high above Zeus and the angels is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. In John's gospel, there is this great scene where there is a contrast of this where two kings actually meet. You might remember it. Pontius Pilate is the governor of Judea, palace, servants, robes, dominance. And Jesus stands before Pilate and Jesus is whipped and worn and bound and scraggly. And Pilate sneers, so you are a king. And Jesus answers, my kingdom is not from here. Jesus' kingdom has nothing to do with the pushing and the shoving, the spin and electability, armies and ballots and caucus and constituency and polls and pundits and personal power. My kingdom is not from here. Jesus says, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things and in him all things hold together. Hal Luckock was a great preacher of the early 20th century I read a sermon of his this week on this passage, and I love this story. He said that he heard a little seven-year-old boy ask his father, why don't the stars hit each other? And Lucka thought that was a pretty cool question. So he started musing on it, and this was his answer. For just one reason, they are all related to one center. They all obey the pull of the sun in whom all things hold together. Things don't collide when they're held together by one center, he finalized. So the question is whether or not Jesus is the one in whom we have committed holds all things together, pulling everything in a unity that works and with a power that precedes and surpasses all other claims. Is the kingdom where Jesus is king really the power that holds all things together? If so, if so, I'm going to ask this meddling political question in a different way. Is Jesus the primary lens of your political choices and all other values in your life. My Facebook is populated with political arguments that have been crafted either by the Democratic or Republican Party 
then advanced by their party's preferred media outlet. But in most cases, I don't see evidence that it has been run through the rigors of the gospel. Most political opinions I read or or hear are just distilled arguments learned on a favorite TV channel or podcast. Is there a higher allegiance than to your political party or favorite politician? And what if our political opinions were shaped by Bible study and prayer instead of by our favorite news outlets? Later in this letter to the Colossians, Paul tells us how the citizens of another kingdom behave. If we've been shaped by the values of our king, if we answer the question, who is in charge, and our answer is Jesus is in charge, finally and ultimately, then these are the politics of the one who faced Pilate with his hands bound in front of him. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. I don't think most of our politics have been run through that filter. As I said, the values of the kingdom of God are not the same values of Zeus and angels and Pilate? Are your political convictions marked by compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience? As God's chosen ones, we're to be clothed with these things. These are the marks of the kingdom that is ruled by love. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And Zeus cannot make that claim, and neither can the angels, nor can your political hero. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, Jesus is the king of the place where we live, and his values must stand taller than any of our partisan leanings. The prayer of Paul makes three important claims about Jesus. We've talked about two of them already. The first is that Jesus is the first of all creation, participating from the very beginning. And when I read that part, some of you probably had hints of John chapter 1 in the back of your mind. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. The second claim is is the declaration of coherence that we talked about. In him all things hold together. They cohere. The stars don't collide. By the way, in case you didn't know, this is the verse where we got the name for our four o'clock worship service. The all together worship service. All together in him all things hold together. But the final claim might be the most politically radical of all of them. Jesus reconciles all things to himself, making peace. In the politics of the kingdom, there are not winners and losers, only winners. 
Through love, Jesus is bringing unity to a world divided by ideologies that brought Pontius Pilate to power. God in Jesus Christ is reclaiming the world in love. And in a kingdom where the greatest power of love is love, unity and not discord is the mark of that kind of kingdom. And we participate in the politics of Jesus when we advance harmony, unity, love, when we work to reclaim relationships instead of win arguments, when we work to build community with those who disagree with us, when we care more about being kind than we care about being right. And sometimes we see a glimpse of that kingdom promise around the Thanksgiving table, don't we? When we join hands around the table and just for a minute, the childhood hurts and the political differences and the current hard feelings pause just long enough for us to bow our heads, holding hands with an imperfect family, And say, God, for this bounty we give you thanks. For just that moment we see a glimpse of what God is doing, reclaiming all of humankind through Jesus who was pleased to reconcile to himself all things. So think of it this way. I'm kind of helping you to pack for Thanksgiving. Right? Many of you are going to load the car this week. Cornbread stuffing in the trunk, a back seat filled with potato salad and car seats and electronic diversions. You'll drive to aunts or grandmas or sons or daughters or somewhere, and you'll unload and hug and hurry and hope and when can I go home? I know. (laughs) And then it will happen. Somewhere between the sweet potato souffle and the green bean casserole thing with the onions on top, somebody is going to do it. Somebody is going to insist on becoming the evangelist for their political party. Crazy uncle, sister's boyfriend, who knows, but somebody's going to do it. Somebody's going to say, so what do you think about the impeachment hearings that are going on? And I'm just helping you be prepared for this year's discomfort. (laughs) And my advice goes against the advice of Miss Manners who encourages complete avoidance of all things political at the holiday table, I encourage you to respond with the most radical political statement ever made in the history of politics. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, in him all things hold together, Through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things by making peace. He is the only political leader worthy of my full allegiance, and his radical platform is the only one I am fully committed to follow. Pass the corn. (laughs) Let's stand and sing together. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.